Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. I think it's safe to say that a day doesn't go by when we're not tempted to sin. Temptation is like air. It's everywhere. And the fact that we're so enticed by evil must mean that we're lost or at least totally separated from God, right? Let's ask Dr. Jennings, who joins us via Skype, for his thoughts on the matter. This program is sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. Dr. Jennings, how would you suggest that we deal with the constant temptations in our lives? I think that has to do with our journey and where we are. I think the persons who are unconverted are constantly living in sin, and the newly converted are fighting those battles. But as we mature, as we are, quote, Bible word, sanctified, Mm -hmm. then previous temptations lose power over us. I'm sure you can think, because I can think of past times in my life with certain things were temptations to me. Those things are not temptations to me anymore. And so this idea that we're always battling the same temptations is not an exact Christian representation. Mm -hmm. It is true that the devil is a tempter and he's seeking to trip us up. But based on the decisions we make with our routines in our lives, we can insulate or protect ourselves from temptation. As it says in scripture, that Jesus' prayer does lead us not into temptation. Now that is for the mature person. We don't want to go places where we expose ourselves to temptation unduly. And so that can be done by deciding the types of things that you put before you. What kinds of things do you read? What kinds of things do you watch? What kinds of things do you ingest? If you've established healthy routines for your life, well, I have temptations of irritability and anger outbursts where I blurt things out that are not kind to other people. That's my temptation with my own temper. Well, sleep deprivation. If you're not getting eight hours of sleep a night, your prefrontal cortex becomes impaired and you are more moody and irritable or more likely to lose self-control from a biological reason. You'll be more likely to be aggressive. And so one way you protect yourself is to establish healthy routines of sleep-wake where you get good night's sleep each night. Same thing with physical exercise. I don't know if you've noticed, but when you exercise regularly, you're less irritable. Your mood is more stable. And so there are a lot of things you can do by establishing your life in harmony with God's principles for healthy living that just create a protective hedge around us that make us more resilient and less vulnerable to the various temptations that we deal with every day. So to those people who say, you know, why doesn't God help me deal with the temptations that come into my life? You're saying he already has. He has made that information about how to live a life with less temptation possible by our health, the way we sleep, the way we eat, the way we exercise. These are all built in to his instructions to us of fighting temptation. Am I right? I don't like to be absolutist here because Mm -hmm. this is a nuanced landscape. What I just said is absolutely true. We can make ourselves more vulnerable to temptation or we can give ourselves resilience from it. But Jesus Christ, who had a perfect character, was also tempted Mm -hmm. in a variety of ways. And so 
everything I just said is true. And there are people who are constantly battling because they they undermine their own strength and resilience and create temptations for themselves that would not be something they would face that day if they maintained a healthier lifestyle. That doesn't mean, though, if they maintain healthy lifestyle, good sleep, for instance, and healthy diet and exercise, that they won't face various temptations. They will, but our capacity for handling them will be easier. Also, as we master the small temptations, we will face larger temptations. Mm. And there's a reason for that, because the devil wants to bring more pressure to bear, but it is also in the same way that we master and gain strength. If you go to a gym and work out with two-pound weights, then you move to four pounds, and four pounds to six pounds, and so forth. God is not the tempter. We either tempted by our own evil feelings, as it says in James chapter 1, or we are tempted by evil people or evil angels or demons around us. But God doesn't tempt us, but God does allow temptation to come upon us, but he limits the temptation that comes upon us to be no more than we are currently able to handle. But as we are able to handle and we gain mastery over that, then he allows more temptation to come, not cause, but permits. Why? Because that is how we grow. That's how we mature. And this is why people who, for instance, that I deal with in my practice, who've struggled with various addictions of various kinds, and they get into a recovery program, and they've got good routines for themselves, and they're, and they're feeling healthier and happier, I warn them, you will be faced, I can't tell you when, but you are going to face a temptation. Somewhere down the road, if, you're, if, you're, if your temptation's alcohol, somebody's going to offer you a drink, or you're going to find yourself in a situation where you have a beer advertisement come on, and you're tempted to run to the store. You're going to face a, a temptation. And and the reason the Lord permits it is because he wants you to choose to say no to it. And when you choose to say no to it, then God provides you the power to overcome it. And that's how you mature and grow and are ultimately free of it. But if you never actually face it again, so you never have to make a choice to say no to it, you may avoid it, but you're still not free of it. And this is why temptations are permitted, so that we can choose the right and be empowered by the Holy Spirit to develop and advance and be freed from the encumbrances that we've indulged in the past. You know, what you're saying there reminds me of that text in the Bible that says, if, you're, if your hand tempts you, cut it off. If your eye tempts you, pluck it out. What it's saying is, remove the the ability to respond to the temptation. If you're an alcoholic, you don't drive by the beer store on the way home from work. If you're into pornography, you might throw your computer or your television out. Just get rid of the tools the devil is using to tempt you. Am I right saying that? That's exactly right. Let's be very clear here. God is not telling us to maim ourselves or blind ourselves. Exactly, exactly. This is a metaphor of removing our hand from the things in this world that we used to engage in or stop viewing and reading and ingesting through our eye for our visual stimulation the things that used to tempt us turn our eye in a different it's not literally damage the eye or damage the hand but change the behaviors and how we use our eyes and hands how do we dr jennings if we have had a bad habit or a bad lifestyle and we enjoyed elements of that badness. How do we get over the enticement of the enjoyment we remember? How do we change the way we look at life so that those things are no longer pleasurable to us and we can overcome them? So that's a process of both applying the truth and asking for the Holy Spirit to change the heart's desires. Mm -hmm. Both are applicable. Generally, most 
recurrent sinful behaviors are engaged in because they reward the person, bring some pleasure to them. Mm -hmm. Most of the sins that people engage in are typically not repulsive and painful in the moment they're doing them. The consequences can be, for instance, being arrested for driving drunk can be painful, but the feeling of intoxication is generally not. Having your spouse leave you for gambling debts is painful, but the thrill of gambling is not. And so the actual addictive or destructive behaviors are rewarding in some way. And what happens then is that people can come to recognize the painful consequences and want to avoid those, but they don't necessarily have a change of emotional valence towards the behavior or the substance itself. And so true freedom is when the heart is circumcised by the Holy Spirit, our heart's affections or feelings are changed so that we no longer actually feel positive, what I call the warm fuzzy, oh, that'd be nice. We don't have that anymore towards our old behaviors. How that can happen would be seeing things more truthfully. So you actually see more accurately that alcohol is not your friend. It might cause you to feel good, but it ruins your health. It damages your brain. It ruins your finances. It ruins your relationships. It ruins your employment. It ruins your reputation. It might even take away your liberty as you become physically unhealthy and therefore can't do the physical things or you have legal problems. And so as you see it for what it is, alcohol is a grand cheat or fraud pretends to be for you while it's actually undermining and hurting you your entire life. Same with the drugs and gambling and any other sinful behavior. And when you see it in that light, you don't love it anymore. You're disgusted and revolted by it. And so that's where God brings the truth home with the conviction of the Spirit to ultimately free your heart from these things. And that's why, if you look back in your life, the things that used to tempt you don't tempt you anymore because you're not affiliated with that. It actually is repulsive to you now. Clarify for us that text in the Bible, lead us not into temptation. It's asking God to not lead us into temptation. What did he mean by that? You say that God allows temptation, but does God actually lead us into temptation? No, that was Jesus' prayer to his Father, lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. And so he's asking for the Father's guidance. But if you want to really think that through, Jesus did pray that. But then after Jesus' baptism, the Holy Spirit came down to Jesus in the form of a dove. And (laughs) then where did the Holy Spirit lead Jesus? Oh my. Out into the desert. Not just out into the desert. It says specifically, out into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Yes, yes. So he led him into the desert to be tempted. So what's going on? Didn't his own father answer his prayer? Uh, No, he led him to be tempted because Jesus had a mission. Jesus had to confront and overcome. He couldn't complete Mm. the mission of be our Savior without confronting and overcoming temptation. And therefore, while we don't want to be led into temptation that would trip us up, we want to be led in the path of righteousness, which inevitably goes Mm. through the valley of the shadow of death, which we are confronted with things that cause us to feel uncomfortable where we die to self. Okay, Mm -hmm. so the Lord will lead us in the path of righteousness, but there will be temptations along that way. But the Lord is not leading us to be tempted. He's leading us to overcome the temptation. Oh, that is such good news for so many of our listeners today, Dr. Jennings. We really appreciate that.
In the couple of minutes we have left here on the program, you have outlined several things that we can do to build that hedge, which I would much rather it would be a steel wall. <laughs> hedge seems kind of flimsy, but let's go with a steel wall. Build that steel wall around us. How do we begin that journey today? How do we begin construction? First, you have to, I think, think for yourself. Hmm. Hmm. Develop a mindset that you want to be a lover of truth and you want to follow truth where it leads. It requires a daily surrendered trust relation with God. But people can't have a trust relation with God who they believe things about that make God untrustworthy. That's true. So That's true. many people believe in God but don't trust God and then have theologies designed to protect them from God because the God they believe in is one they need to be protected from. In that particular case, then they need to start by deconstructing all the things they, they have currently believed about God, make Jesus Christ the center, fix our eyes upon him, the author and finisher of our faith or our belief or our trust, and we come to trust God because we see him to be exactly like Jesus is, and then we follow and apply his principles because we know they're only for our best good, and we want to grow up into the full stature where we understand how God's reality works, and it makes so much sense to us that we want to live this way because that's the only way that life and health and happiness exist. Hmm. Such good words of guidance for us today from Dr. Tim Jennings. This program is sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries, and they have a website, comeandreason.com. And Dr. Jennings has a lot of resources there for you. Here are some book titles. Could it be this simple? The Aging Brain, The God-Shaped Heart, The God-Shaped Brain. Those are some of the books that Dr. Jennings is making available. And I have a little secret for you, listener. They give things away on a regular basis, so I don't know what it might be when you hear this program, but you might want to check it out at comeandreason.com, and there's probably a free gift waiting for you right there at the website. There's also some sharing tracks that you can share with your neighbors and people at church and your friends and co-workers. That's all at CommonReason.com. Dr. Jennings, thank you so much for sharing with us today and give us these words of guidance. Appreciate it. Thank you, Charles. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit ComeAndReason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. <music>